I'm so grateful to be here this morning. Amen. This morning. Yeah, this afternoon. Um, Satan had all the plans for me. But God. But God. He, he, he's healed my body. He's cleansed my mind. He's taken my heart. He's redone me all over again. And I am so grateful to God. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful to the Lord. Praise God. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to stay standing. I'm going to pray. God has placed this word in my heart. He's confirmed it like I don't know how many times. My heart is coming out of my mouth because I don't even know how to bring it about, but the peace of God, and, and I know that, that God is just going to minister to me first, and then he's going to speak to us because it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Father God, I just humble my life before you. I come along with my brothers and my sisters, and I just pray that you open our ears that we might hear, that you open our hearts that we might understand our mind, and that today you just might have your way in us, God. Minister like no one else can do but you. Go to where no one else can go but you. Holy Spirit of God, enter into places that we cannot even think of. And we're going to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Because it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. You may be seated. Praise the living God. God is good. I'm going to speak about, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. You see, um, the condition of the heart is critical to our walk in the Lord and with the Lord. Valentine's Day was a couple of days ago. Yes, it was. And in 2016, U.S. consumer consumers spent 19.7 billion dollars on jewelry, flowers, cards, clothing, night out, etc. And I'm not hating because I got flowers and I got candy and I got all of the good stuff too. And they were kind of upset because this year the projection was going to be a little less. It was going to be 18.2 billion dollars. And it also includes pets, because people give Valentine's to their pets. I messed up this year, I didn't buy anything. So it's all about the heart. It's all about the love, and all about showing our affection like Pastor Veraldo spoke about this morning. And it is all about the heart. The physical aspect of the heart, the human heart is an organ that pumps blood throughout the body via the circulatory, circulatory system, supplying, it supplies oxygen and nutrients to the tissues, and it also removes carbon dioxide and other wastes. So that's this physical aspect of the heart. So everybody, hopefully, here has a heart. If not, we'd be dead. Or we would have a heart and die and if it's not beating and doing what it needs to do. But I want to talk about the biblical aspect of the heart. The heart, it denotes a person's center 
for both physical and emotional, intellectual, mor moral activities, inner life, intentions, the aff affective center of our being, Pastor said, the core of our being. It has the capacity for moral preferences. And like I share again, the center and seat of our spiritual life. It refers to the whole man, the whole woman considered in his or her desires and plans. It's where our emotions lie. State of emotions of the heart affect the whole person. The heart has an emotional function. Therefore, he knows our full range of emotions. And for men, are a little less. But for women, woo, we got a whole lot of more emotions, I think. Joy, sorrow, trouble, peace, love, good and bad. We rejoice, selfishness, ambitions, doubts, fears, trust, pride, humbled, wishes, desire, think, we remember, we reflect, we meditate, we commit, etc., etc. We've probably even made our own emotions. The word heart is found in the King James Version over 830 times. In the NIV, they got a little skimpy, and it's a little bit over 500. The New American Standard, over 700 times. It depends on the Bible version you prefer. So we can say that this heart thing is kind of important. We can say that our walk with God involves our heart. So I want to speak today about our heart condition the guarded heart, and a pure heart. Some of us have heart conditions, not me. I have other conditions, but not the heart. <laughs> but first, we, must, we need to understand the condition of the heart. We all know how sin messed it all up. Right? We read in Genesis 6 when the Lord speaks to Noah and tells him, you know, I'm going to destroy the human race. That, you know, the inclination of the, of the thoughts of the human heart has, was only evil all the time. It was only evil in, inside their hearts, their minds. You know the people of Israel. Those people that belong to God, but we really look a lot like them. The Lord regretted that he even created the human race. So we know that through sin came this, this, this fall. We know that, that through sin, it messed up God's plan. By the way, sin begins in the heart, through our senses, our minds. Then it maneuver, you know, it goes down and it, it, you know, it moves in there and then things start happening. And then we act. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, conduct according to what their deeds deserve. The heart, who can, who can understand it except God? You see, the natural condition of our heart without God, without a relationship with him, is bad. The heart knows how to contradict. The heart knows how to, how to not keep its promise. 
The heart knows how to do deceitful things, bad things. You know, we sit around thinking that it's only the people who love Israel. Boy, but when our mind starts going and then we let it come to our minds, our senses, and we let it go further down, we can hate, we can destroy, we can feel all ugly stuff. We can feel good stuff too, don't get me wrong. We feel love and, you know, like I said, Valentine's Day and, the, the, you know, affection. And we spoke about appreciating, appreciating God. So we know that our heart is deceitful. So as believers, we need to guard our heart. First, we need to understand the condition of our heart. And I think we understand that, right? How many of us understand that? We're, we're not good without God. You know? We can't do this by ourselves. Without him, we will go places that we didn't even ever th thought of. We don't think, but we can. And we need to come to that. We need to understand that as believers. Oh, no, not I. Oh, yes, you. Oh, yes, me. So that's a good place when you come and you park yourself there for a minute. So then we need to do something about it because as believers, we then need to guard our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says that above all else, guard your heart. That means everything else, forget about it, but guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So that's a good gauge. When I'm doing good things, when my heart is in a good condition, right? When I'm doing not so good stuff, then I got to go check my heart. So what does this mean to guard something? You see, a person keeps watch of something when it needs to be protected. A soldier stands guard, guarding something that needs protection, that needs to be watched over. To guard or keep safe from harm or danger, protect, to watch over a state in which someone is carefully looking for possible dangers, threats, and problems. That's who we need to be. We need to guard our hearts. Pastor's given me a whole lot of advice throughout my 17 years here. And even before I even came to this house. But what I think of the greatest advice he's ever given me is, and he's giving it to the singles. Don't fall in love with your heart first. Guard your heart and think with your mind. I think it's, you know, I, I think I've overused it because I don't know, but <laughs> I'm still trying. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Oh, good, oh, good. I've taken it to heart, Pastor. I, I've taken your advice. But no, it makes a lot of sense because once you give your heart away, it's over. It's over. Whether it's God's will, not God's will, in between you, it's done. Right? So we need to keep watch over our heart. Something needs guarding when it is in danger. Guarded from what? Why does, the, why does the heart need to be guarded? Many reasons here, you know, here are just a few. It needs to be guarded because in order to love God and others, because if we don't guard our heart, we're not going to learn or, or want to or, or even desire to love God. And then if we don't love God, we can't love each other. The only way I can fulfill what he's asking of me in Matthew 22, 37 and 39, which 38 and 39, which I spoke about it um, 
On Wednesday, it says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Right? That's the first commandment. And then, love thy neighbor like yourself. I've got to guard my heart about loving God. And then I've got to guard my heart about loving other people. I'm a social worker by trade. And I must confess, sometimes I don't like people. Sometimes people don't like me. That's all right. You know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like, oh, my God, what she's just said. You know what I'm talking about. Not everybody like you know, I try to, like, I'm jolly. I try to, like, I want everybody to love me. That doesn't happen sometimes. But I need God. I need to guard my heart so that I can love God and I can love others. My heart is of great value. Your heart is of great value. It is the core of your being. It is where your dream, your desire, your passion lives. The heart is the source of everything you do. We just heard King Solomon say that. It is the wellspring of life. In other words, it is the source of everything you do in life. Your heart overflows into thoughts, words, and actions. My goodness, how valuable is my heart? That I might just give it away. Mm-mm. I have, well, not, I've given my heart away and gotten stomped on. Nobody deserves that. But we've all done that, right? Come on, we've gotten some heartbreakings, no? I'm the only one. We, and I'm not talking in a love relationship. I'm talking about even friends. People around us. They, they take your heart and they just... Stomp on it. It is of great value, my heart, your heart. It is where the core of my being exists. We need to guard it because the, the heart is under constant attack. You see, that's why we need to, to stand guard. Satan, sin, the world, the systems of this world uh, uh, causes all the time. We become disillusioned. We become discouraged. We become disappointed. We become heartbroken. Am I just talking to myself right now? Things, uh, you know, think about all the problems, all the issues, all the stuff, all the suffering, all the experiences. Think of all the things you have endured since you were a baby. Constantly. At a young age, I know that Satan wanted to destroy my life. No ifs, no buts about it. Because at the age of four, I was being taken into a, um, one of these medium persons, right? So she could speak over my life. And that opened up a whole nother windows that needed, maybe never needed to be opened. In my mom's ignorance and my family's influence. Because God, because Satan was trying to get to my heart. And if he can get to our children and their hearts and their minds, he's got them. But God, but God. We as believers need to understand that, that it doesn't matter. And, and I, you know, like I said, my, 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 my um, uh, you know, that's what I do for work. I, I hear stories and I hear heartaches and I hear pain and I hear these things that blow my mind. Uh, wow, how can the human heart endure such situations? 
Because Satan wants to destroy. He wants to break. And if he can get at your heart, if you can walk around for years and years and years just thinking about how you got abused, if you can walk around in, in life just thinking about who left you and who, who rejected you, if you can walk around in life just thinking about how miserable you are, if you can walk around life um, just thinking how depressed and how ugly everything is, then he's got you. Constant attack. Constant battles. We need to stand guard. That could take a toll on our lives as well. Because then all of that stuff messes us, messes us up physically. You know, talk about stress. Stress? You know the, the pressure, the stress that's coming. You can talk about this for a whole day. Belize is here too. <laughs> you know? It, it, it takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll. Hypertension, heart conditions, directly related to the heart. There's so many illnesses. How many can you think off the top of your head, right? <laughs> 14. Because if Satan can destroy our heart, because if Satan can get to the core of our lives, then he's got us. If your heart is sick, your whole body is out of whack. If your heart stops pumping, <laughs> dangerous. People die of a broken heart. I know people that have died of a broken heart, literally, of grief, of, of, of heartbrokenness. Whether it be a loss, whether it be a, a, a trauma, whether it be a situation, whatever it might have been, we need to guard our hearts. But then how do we do this guarding of this heart? You see, the Bible in Psalm 51.10 tells me, and this was David at a real ugly moment in his life. He had messed it all up. And he screams out. I'm sure he was screaming. Back, right? I, I know that he was screaming out to God. I know he was saying, oh God, created me. No, God. Oh, created me a pure heart. Oh God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me, Lord. Help me here. I'm sure that's how he was doing it. You see, because how do we go about guarding this heart of mine, which we've already established it's deprived. There's nothing good in it. But we've established that we've got to guard it because it's valuable. And it becomes more valuable. You know, we're all valuable. You know, every sinner, every, every, every person created, every, you know, all of us that have been redeemed. You know, we're, we're all the same. But it all starts with a relationship with God. It all begins when we receive Jesus in our what? Because it's all about the heart. That we receive him as our savior. And, and, and we understand that God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary for me. Because so God loved me and so God loved you. Hallelujah. And at that moment, do you remember that moment? I was 15 years old. And I was all the way in the back. And I was dying for that service to finish. But the Lord has his, had his eye on me and did not allow that service to finish and called me by 
my money, my money, my money. I want you to come up here, young lady. But I was already broken and I was already messed up because I knew I needed God at that moment in time. And I was able to recognize that without him, I could not do it. And you see, at that moment, we become a new creature. That's like this reset button at that moment in time. And we begin all over again. And that deprived heart is transformed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that heart that was maybe hard becomes a heart now a flesh. Hallelujah. That heart that, that maybe was messed up and, and, and depressed and disillusioned and in trouble. God just takes it and transforms it for his glory and his honor. We need to recognize that our heart maybe was messed up. It sometimes even gets messed up while we're on this journey hallelujah but a call to him because only he can clean and purify our hearts is necessary hallelujah first john 1 5 through 10 states it very simply this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you god is light in him there is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Let me say that again. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Hallelujah. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But the word of God says if we confess with confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and do, do what purify us from all unrighteousness if we claim we have not sinned we make him out a liar and his word is not in us you see purification only can come through him in my relationship with him. That moment when I accepted Jesus Christ and his blood came over my life and washed me clean. Hallelujah. So the first step to this purity and this cleansing of our hearts uh, as we guard it, right, is that I need to have a relationship with God. There needs to be a surrender then. After we do all of that, right, now we're coming along, and this is the Christian journey, and we're serving God. You see, but there's moments in our walk with God that we kind of mess it up. Because why? We let the heart do whatever it wants. We stop guarding it sometimes. A lot of times. And, and, and it kind of escapes, and it goes somewhere else. You see, that's how come there needs to be this daily maintenance about guarding and cleaning our hearts. It's not like I cleaned it once and it's good to go. I don't know about those people that have cars. But the worst thing is to have a white car. You clean it now and five minutes later it's dirty again. And I wish they would invent something and you can clean it and it stays and it's done and I would buy it. But no, it needs cleansing and it, it needs maintenance. Same thing with our hearts. And we guard it, we guard our heart, we keep it pure because we always are messing it up. So this is continual work. Pastor's always saying that, you know, salvation is free. But then the other things we do, it, it takes work. And it takes, Pastor's, Pastor E's word, commitment and discipline. Discipline, right? 
So it requires a daily maintenance. And like I mentioned before, King David messed it up, and he opens his mouth, and he says, create in me a pure heart. He also says, since Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. I stole his verse this morning. He mentioned that. Pastor Veraldo, search me, God, because right now I could be having good thoughts and my heart is in the right place. I turn around and it's somewhere else. Search me, God, creating me. So our attitude needs to be one of yielding and of surrender to him. Of surrendering what? We know we got to guard our heart. We know the condition of our heart. We have to guard it. We, we, we know that, that now we want to make it clean and pure, but how do we do that? It starts with our relationship with God. Uh, um, but, but then after we do that, we got to maintain it. So how do I maintain it? It takes work. You know, when I hear marriages 40 years, 41 years, 50 years, that's work. That's 50 years worth of work. Or whatever time you've been with your, you know, your spouse, that's work. It's a relationship. Same thing with God. It's a relationship. I'm in a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And every day I need to work at it. And every day, like, just to keep it intact and keep it going, I need to yield to him. And this is the hard part about it, because I don't like to yield. It means to give up. Not to give up, you know, in a negative way. It just means to give up surrendering and give it over to somebody. To a superior power or authority. To relinquish. I like that word. Debbie Williams in her book states, Yielding to God means giving him our ears, our hands, our strength, and power. And responding as he directs. I don't know about you. I was raised by a single mother. I'm a single woman. And no one gives me orders. <laughs> Come on. I don't have nobody to tell me. So what time are you going to be home? Right? And that's a good thing. That's all right. I like that. <laughs> Except when I read this. Because I've got to surrender now. And sometimes what he wants with my life is not what I want with my life. So are we willing to relinquish? Are we willing to yield our hearts to him in order for, him to, for it to be purified every day? I don't know. I'm, I'm just asking. Joshua 24, 23 says, Now then said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Throw everything out. 
So that means that before I even yield or surrender, I need to take out the anger and I need to let go of the hate and I need to take, let go of, 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 of what's been bothering me inside and I need to let go maybe of the past and I need to let go of this and I need to let go of that. I don't know your situation. I know mine. I know what he asks of me. What is he asking of you? What is it that thing, that one thing that he is asking you to yield? He's asking you to yield, yield your heart. Because it's all about the heart. All about the heart. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast, steadfast spirit within me. You know, steadfast means firmly fixed in place, not movable. Not subject to change, firm in our belief and in our determination. We need some of that. I know I do. I sometimes don't know if I'm going up or down or like, okay, what do I got to do here? So we need to be firm. He's asking us, yes, Lord, creating me a pure heart. I'm, I'm surrendering to, it to you, but creating me a firmness, creating me a stillness, creating me a place where I cannot be moved. While I guard this heart. Because sometimes we want to move. Sometimes we want to do. Sometimes we want to act. Not on the positive things the heart has to say sometimes. But sometimes on the negative. So we need to continue this daily cleansing. And how do we do that? First, you and I have that. We have a relationship with God. I hope everybody here does. Then we need to yield and surrender to him our heart with everything in it. Even those things we don't want to surrender. Then we need to create opportunities for God to examine me. To search me, oh Lord. That's what um, in the psalm, right? David said that. Search me, oh God. But how does he search us if we're moving all over the place? If we're doing 100,000 things, if we're too busy to hold up to be searched, right? Policemen that are here, you can't search somebody if they're wiggling and moving all around, right? That's resisting arrest. We, we, right? Jeanette, help me here, sister. <laughs> they got to be still so we can search them, Right? And this is where the work comes in. Because every day I need to surrender. Every day I need to spend time in the word. Thank you, Pastor, for that little list. This is my list. Thank you, Pastora, for my app. Because every day I need to be in the word. Because if not, my brain, my heart is somewhere else. We spoke today about praise. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. This morning was an amazing time in the Lord because we were able to come to him and do the exact thing that I'm talking about. Just yield and surrender our lives to him and just open up and cry it unto his, in, into his presence, in his presence. And say, here I am, Lord. Search me, God. My heart, I, I, I bring it to you. The only one that has authority over your heart and can break it is him. Nobody else. He can, and I love it in Spanish, Pastor. Quebrantar. 
Quebrantamiento. It means brokenness. Doesn't sound the same. Quebrantar. It just sounds so dramatic. Because that's what we need to do and allow God to, to fix things up and, 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 and call our attention and mess us up a little bit. And yes, cry before his presence and, and, and understand that he's making something new in us. Hallelujah. Give him that opportunity to, to recreate our heart, to, to mend a broken heart. Give him the opportunity that he's going to transform our heart. So praise is important. It is to praise. We also need to implore his peace. Paul and his letters are always, he always opens or closes his letters with grace and peace. And it's for a reason. He's just not saying that. The word of God, 1 John, no, I'm sorry, not 1 John. Excuse me, let me take up um, tissue. John 14, 27 says the following. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives it. Do not let your what? Be troubled and do not be afraid. I need to give God that opportunity that I can experience his peace. You want to know if something is of God? See if you feel peace about it. Back in the month of July... I, I had experienced great pain from May to June. I was miserable. I was in constant pain, two months. And in the month of July, they decided to go into this beautiful body, like pastor says. That's my, I'm going after my pastor. He always says we're beautiful bodies. And they did three surgeries within 20 days. For the last one, the first one, you know, they had me on the bed, and they take me in, and I'm in the operating room. I'm just looking around. I'm cool, whatever. But for the second time around, I had to walk into that operating room. And I knew what the diagnosis was, but I didn't know the extent of what was happening to my body. And I'm not going to lie to you, and I've tried to explain this to Pastor E. I walked in there like if I was floating on air. They kept asking me, and you know, the, the, one of the nurses, he walked me into the room. And he asked me, are you okay? Every moment, are you okay? Are you all right? Everything's all right? They told me to sit down. I sat down. Give him my arm. Come backwards. And I was gone. <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, I didn't really know everything that was going on, though. But throughout the whole thing, I was cool. I was cool. I was cool. I did lose my peace a little bit when my doctor walked in and he looked totally distressed. And he spoke to me. But while he was speaking, and I was by myself, I was at peace. And he didn't give me good news, although he kind of lied to me, too. Because <laughs> he didn't give me the full picture. I think if he would have given me the full picture, I would have like lost it. But no. And he spoke to me, and he kept asking me, are you okay? And inside of me, and now I can stand here and testify that, yes, I was okay. Because I was in my father's hands. 
Because the peace of God that trespasses, that goes beyond our understanding because we have had a relationship with God because our lives have just been continually before his presence. We're not perfect because we're far from it, but we try and we, we proceed and we keep going and we push forward and we ask God, Lord, oh God, search my heart, clean my heart, make me into the vessel that you would want me to be. Because of that and because I was able to experience his peace at that moment, to tell you that I was fine. That I was fine. And I can't really explain to you that level of peace. I can try to articulate it a little bit. But the peace of God. I got to implore the peace of God so that he can search my heart. So that he can go in there and see. To know God and bask in his presence. We've got to draw into God. This is not done in vain. You see, the word of God says, as we read before, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. To do what? For what? To reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. He rewards those that hearts are drawn to him because he's, because, because depending on our hearts is how we will talk, is how we will act, is how we will behave. Because out of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. And even when we mess it up, he knows our hearts. I've been serving the Lord since the age of 15. I am going to be 50 in May. So I've been serving the Lord a long time. I'm not ashamed of my age. I'm proud of it. It's the new 30. And I cannot stand here and tell you that I've been St. Vigi, because that is not true. I have messed it up every which way you can think of. But certain people have always told me, they've told me a couple of things. One of the ones that they've told me is, God has a stubborn heart for you. And if he has a stubborn heart for me, he has a stubborn heart for you. I've been also told that he knows our hearts. God knows your heart. Even when we mess it up, even when we're going through situations, even when we don't know how to put things into words that we need to pray, even when we're feeling grief, even when we're feeling turmoil, even when we're feeling like giving it all up, even when we're happy and go lucky, he knows our heart. He knows your heart. In conclusion, if I were to bring in an EKG machine here, No, not a regular EKG machine. A spiritual EKG machine. What would it say about your heart? What would be your diagnosis? Yeah. Spiritual EKG machine is to say, oh man, but anger in this person. 
or the hate in this person or the turmoil in this person or, or, or the, the lack of confidence in this person or the low self-esteem in this person or the, the, the whatever. Oh, this person is fine. Go lucky, happy per person. You see, because we can see the outside, but he searches inside. We need to ask him to shine his light like I read before and allow his Holy Spirit to search our hearts. You must yield and allow him to deal with areas in your hearts because he's a gentleman. He awaits your permission. Some of us here today might need open heart surgery while others might need a total transplant. Why don't you call out to him today? We need to know the condition of our hearts. We need to guard our hearts. But we need to call out to him to purify our hearts. God bless you.